Thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, I have an open mind. Yeah, as long as everybody agrees with you. I have an open mind. Yeah, as long as it's comfortable. Convenient. You know, I think we're addicted to convenience. We're not, we're not often open to things God's leading us into when they don't fit our schedule. A lot of times we, 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 we isolate and separate ourselves from, from uh, great victory, great breakthrough, great production of God's promise in our life because, well, to be honest, we're very small-minded. And, uh, you know, what we have to do is we have to break that off of our life. You know, God's, God's one of his major uh, strategies, one of his major uh, uh, workings in, in your life is he's changing the way you think. Remember Romans 12, 2, it says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove that his will is good and acceptable and perfect. God's will for your life, that you can prove it to yourself that God's will is the best way to go, that, that you don't want to accept anything other than God's will, that there's nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken, that his will is perfect for your life. In order, to, in order to embrace the will of God, you have to be willing to change the way you think. Let me put it this way. If you don't change the way you think, you'll never know the will of God for your life. So without, without renewal of the mind, you can't know the will of God. Well, why do you think the enemy's fighting so hard to get you to say, no, wait a minute, I just don't agree with that. That, that don't seem right to me. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to you, but it'll sink you every time. Right? It actually, it says it's the ways of death. Death is not dead. It's just separation. It'll separate you from, from the thing that God's trying to produce in your life. Hello? You know, uh, what we have to do is we have to get to a place where we're willing, to, we're willing to admit, I just don't know everything. Almost. Amen. Let your neighbor say, you don't know a lot. Okay. You know, one writer in a book, you know, he said, you are God in heaven. Here I am on earth. Let my words be few. It's a catchy tune right there. He said, you're God in heaven. You got the big picture. I'm here on earth. I ain't got no clue. How about we go with what you say, God? You know, because a lot of times God's talking and, and it messes up the way we're thinking. Well, he's not trying to mess it up. He's trying to correct it up. Trying to fix it. Trying to, trying to, trying to bring you back. Remember when he said, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. My ways aren't your ways. My, my thoughts are higher, my ways are higher. That's not, a, that's not a put down, it's an invitation up. You got God who's saying, come on, you can come up here and change the way you think. You can think differently. Think God thoughts and, and you'll, you'll end up, you, you know, the way you think determines the way you feel. The way you feel determines the way you, you live, man. You know, if you're living wrong, it's because you're seeing wrong. If you're seeing wrong, it's because you're thinking wrong. If, if God can correct the way you're, you're thinking, you'll start feeling. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people, even in their physical body, they're, they're, feeling, they're feeling bad. Well, let me, let me just tell you something. Start thinking better, you'll start feeling better. Well, that offends me. You're thinking wrong. Because we're trying to get you feeling better. Right? Why? Because if you're feeling better, you'll start choosing better. So God, God wants to address the way that we're thinking. He, he wants to address uh, the, the way that we're going through life. He, well, yeah, but you don't understand the stuff I'm dealing with. We're all dealing with stuff. Yeah, but my stuff's really big. We got bigger. Yeah, but my stuff's big and hairy. We got big and hairy too. 
You know, we just, we just got all kinds of stuff. Everybody's got stuff. You're not special because you have problems or you have storms or you have challenges or you have situations or you have circumstances. Or we all got that stuff. And it's not the stuff. See, a lot of people let the stuff define them. But what defines you is not the stuff, but how you handle the stuff. That's what defines you. Well, I've been divorced. How are you handling that? Because if you handle it godly, well, then you got godly character. If you handle it carnal, well, you just carnal. I got cancer. Well, good. How are you handling it? Well, I, you know, don't find your identity in what you're going through. Find your identity in, in who you are and in, in him, right? I am, I, you know, I am in Christ. And if any man be in Christ, he's new. That old stuff, that's, that's gone. Behold, fresh and new has come. How are you going to have, you know, the same weight, the same weight that can throw your back out. You know, when your back's out, does it hurt? Hello? Well, the same weight that can throw your back out can also be used to make your back stronger. So it's not the weight, but it's how you handle the weight that really matters. See, we're all, we're all dealing with stuff. I said we're all dealing with stuff. But what we have to learn to do is to deal with stuff God's way. And we're wanting God to take us out of stuff. That's called translation. You know, to be plucked out of one spot and relocated at another spot. I don't like where I am, and you need to get me on a white sandy beach as quickly as possible. Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, I just want to be, you know, he's kind of like Star Trek. You know, beam me up, Scotty. I'm out of here. That's translation. See, a lot of us are under the impression that God's going to do a lot of translation. But, 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 but what God said is that he would deliver us from all our enemies. Deliverance is not translation. Matter of fact, the word deliverance is really a cool word. It means to be equipped to fight and win. So when God delivered you over all, from all your enemies, David sang the words of this song to the Lord on the day that he delivered him out of all of his enemies. Well, he had just been equipped to fight and win. So, well, that's you. You've been equipped to go into any situation. I have strength for all things. I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's infusing me with an inner strength. you got what it takes to win. You have the power to demonstrate Satan's defeat every day of your life. Matter of fact, when you get out of bed, hell ought to go, shucks. <laughs> yeah, but why? Because you have the ability to humiliate hell. Matter of fact, the bigger your storm the greater the possibilities for you to really demonstrate hell and its defeat. Amen? So, you, you know, you come up against a big one. You know, if you want a really big victory, you can't be satisfied with a really little battle. I got first place. You are the only participant. You know, that, that, you don't get bragging rights. You don't get bragging rights, you know, when you beat up your little sister. You got you to take on an army. Hello, somebody. And, and, and you got you to you you have a backbone. You got to have something on the inside of you that just that refuses to cave in, give up, or quit. And, and, and you know, you, you get up every day saying, okay, devil, I'm ready for you. You ready for me? 
because I'm coming. Because I'm co- I, I got to tell you something. There's people, people around you are watching you. You know what? Your family members, your coworkers, your neighbors, they know what's going on in your world. Hey, the, uh, just listen to me. There's, there's people that know what's going on here a lot more than, than the people who attend here. You know, they're driving through the parking lots. They're coming through the building. They're stopping by. They're checking stuff out. They're watching. And uh, can I just tell you something? We're the radical people. Uh, that's, that's, that's not a slam. That's a good thing. You're, 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 you know, you're, you're the fanatics. You know, all a fanatic is is somebody who loves Jesus a little bit more than you. That's all a fanatic is. You know, that you, but, that you got some stuff going on, and, and there are people watching you. Well, you, you, don't, you do not have the luxury of taking a day off and saying, well, I, I, you know, it's just been really hard. I've been really going through some stuff, and I'm just not feeling very well. We don't live that way. We live to demonstrate Satan's defeat. Hello, somebody. You know, we sat down with guys at the beginning of the project, and, 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 we, and we explained to them what we were going to do and how we believed it was going to happen. And we, we, we talked to them about the collapse of time. We believe in the collapse of time. And there was a point in time when, when we finally had to ask them because they're believers. And we, and, and we said, well, aren't you believers? And they said, yeah, we are believers. And I said, you don't act like believers. Well, be careful. Don't want to offend them. I can offend them. I pay them. <laughs> people, people working for me, I can offend them all I want. You know, like you guys, you guys got to get on the same page with us, man. You got to get in agreement with us. How can two walk together except they be agreed? And, I mean, we explain this stuff. You know, we believe in the collapse of time. It's one, one, one of the coolest functions of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit has the ability to collapse time. You know, and we, and I, I gave him, I mean, it's like a little sermonette, and we gave him a sermonette for the Christianette because we, we all, anyways. But I uh, sat there and told him, you know, the Holy Spirit can collapse time. It's, it's kind of like your collarbone. How many, if you've ever broken a collarbone, hold your hand up. Let, let people look around the room because they might, might want to talk to you later. Okay. Al, did it hurt? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Nothing hurts as bad as a broken collarbone. And, and what, you know, I've broken both of mine. Guess what the doctor does? Nothing. They hand you this, this piece of cloth, this is, you know, this is like a donut, and they say twist it and make a figure eight. They call it a figure eight brace. They slip your arms through there so you won't reach forward. You don't need it. You reach forward one time. You will never reach forward again. Okay. Eventually, even, you know, they can't reset the bone. Eventually, the bone just grows back together again. Go to anybody who had their hand up, fill their collarbone, you'll find a bump. Eventually, the pain goes away. Well, let's say that you were coming into the building today and you tripped over a piece of concrete sticking out of the ground that has a little piece of metal sticking up that should have been taken out there two weeks ago, but it's still there. And, there, and somebody trips over that. And they broke the collarbone and they bring you in here so that we'll pray for you because we, the last thing we want to do is see you sue us. And so we get you up here and we anoint you with oil and we pray the prayer of faith and boom, just like that, you're healed. It's a miracle. The bone's back together. No, that's, that's not a miracle. The bone's going to grow back together anyway. Don't get to call stuff that's going to happen. You don't get to call it a miracle because it happened. Well, the pain's gone. It's a miracle. That's not a miracle. The pain's going to go away eventually. What's the miracle? <laughs> the collapse of time. What should have taken this time took this time. That's the miracle. Well, we explain that to them. We're believing in the collapse of time. And they said, uh-huh. <laughs> and they went out of there thinking we were nuts. Now we're in a holding pattern waiting for them because they didn't get ready in the time frame that we said that we'd be ready in. You're the fanatical one. You're the believer. You, you, you're the guy that's demonstrating Satan's defeat. Well, don't get out of bed and, let, and tell people, well, I'm just not feeling good today. Don't, don't get victory in the big stuff and then lose it with the little stuff. 
Why? How, why do we do that? Because we're thinking wrong. We're thinking wrong. You ain't ever off the job. Your ministry never stops. Oh, oh let's, talk about, let's talk about that a second. What do you mean? Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean my ministry? God has reconciled you to himself through Christ and then given to you the ministry of reconciliation. You're a minister. Matter of fact, around the church here, we don't have volunteers. See how quiet it is? They're going, these people are getting paid for all of this? Dude, I'm signing up today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. We, we, we don't have volunteers. We have ministers. You got, you got to, you're thinking wrong. This is, your, this is our ministry together. I mean, read, read the Bible in Ephesians. He says that he's given the fivefold ministry, you know, the pastors and prophets and evangelists and teachers. He's given for that. For what? For the perfecting of the saints so that they can do the work of the ministry. It's my job to get you to do the work. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, you know, you, you, you don't get a day off. You're not a part-time believer. I, I, I live like a person of faith for an hour and 20 minutes on the weekend. That's not a person of faith. That's a person of fake. Psst. Yeah, he's feeling good now. Welcome home, Shelby. Shelby went up there with them ladies, more ladies than anybody else in the country. We're the radical ones. Shelby's, we got pictures of her preaching up there on the platform with the big screen behind her. Shut the front door. We're the radical ones. You don't get it. You don't get a day off. You don't get to be that guy that walks around pointing out stuff that's wrong. Fix it. Look at your neighbor and say, wow, he's really talking to you today. Whoa. Yeah, but you don't understand the stuff of my life. Everybody's got stuff. Quit acting shocked that you got a storm. Yeah, but you said if I raised my hand and prayed to prayer, everything would be easy. I lied. I'll tell you anything, get, come to Jesus. But this is full disclosure Sunday. And when you hook up with God, storms are coming. Look at your neighbor and say, storms are coming. I'm telling you, it's gonna, it's, storms are going to come. Yeah, but God, God's on my side, and it should be easy. That's thinking wrong. Don't, don't look at people going through storms and act like, well, they must be out the will of God or something. That just drives me nuts. Well, I guess they don't have God in their life. They've split up. Dude, it's life. You know, I'm telling you, God hates divorce, but he don't hate divorce people. He just hates what divorce can do, you know. But the thing of it is, is that uh, we're all dealing with stuff. We're all dealing with a lot. There's going to be challenge In this world, there will be. Oh, so you do know the Bible. But be of good cheer. I've overcome it. You can't be looking down your nose. Listen, I am thankful that Shelby and I, we've been married 30 years, right? It's wonderful. She married up. Well, don't look at her like she married down. She's smart. She married up. It's working out for you, ain't it? Okay. Here's... (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. But... (laughs) But here, here's, the, here's the deal. You know, I don't like divorce. 
I, I don't think divorce is God's plan. But sometimes we, we end up looking at people. How about we watch how they go through this thing? You know, I don't look at people with cancer like they must be some kind of a loser. It's just a sickness. Well, some of you guys got more sickness in your relationships than you do in your body. And then you act like somebody with sickness in their body ain't got no faith. I just think you ain't got no brain. Because we're all dealing with storms. Check it out. Mark 4, 35. It's going to be hard for me to preach this because I'm just in one of those weird moods. And the same day. Everybody say the same day. Oh, no, say it like I mean it. Say the same day. What does that mean? That means the same day that Jesus, I wish I had time to, to go back and teach this whole thing really deep. But, but this morning, just get this. Jesus had been teaching these guys faith and life and God life, and he's teaching them. And now, now the same day he's been teaching them, he gets them in a boat, and, and he says, guess what? We're going to cross over to the other side. We're not going to stay where we are. We're going to go someplace else. So you guys, get crowd out of here, and in verse 37, it says that, and there arose a great storm. Everybody say, great storm. storm. We ain't talking about it got a little windy. We're talking about a great storm. This is, the word great is mega. Huge. Amplified Bible says, a hurricane proportion. We're talking about a big old nasty storm, okay? And it's beating the, the, the sides of the boat, and the boat's starting to fill it with water, and Jesus, verse 38, was in the hinder part of the ship. He's sleeping. Some of you guys need a nap. Hey, if you, I don't know what to do. Go to sleep. Because you'd rather be caught sleeping than messing up. If you're not going to walk in faith, take a nap. Okay? That way, at least you're doing something Jesus did. Okay? I mean, how can God say, what were you doing sleeping? You say, well, Jesus did it. Okay, Jesus, it's all be good. I got, a little, I got a little sign in my office that says, if you ever get caught sleeping, just when they walk in the room, just lift up your head and say, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay. <laughs> and they make this statement. They make this statement. They say, look, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Don't you think that's a weird thing to ask the guy who's on his way to the cross to die for you? Don't you care? They wake Jesus up to tell him we're dying, and who don't care? If you think we're dying, let him sleep. Why would you wake him up to tell him we're dying? Because all you think about is you. Funny how quiet it gets in here. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said, Storm, shut up. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Everybody say, great calm. Great calm. Oh, say, great calm. great calm. Notice that the great calm is big enough to swallow the great storm. So it's not the size of the storm, but it's the size of the calm that you want to focus on. you got to understand, our God is greater. Our God is strong. It's not just a cool song. It's a fact. Hello, I said it's a fact. And the great calm's going to swallow the great storm. And Jesus just talks to it. He don't talk about it. He doesn't get up and go, wow, it's windy. Dude, we're sinking. No, 
Storm, shut up. Some of you guys talking about your storm, and you're supposed to be talking to it. You, you, you want to start talking to that thing. Peace. Be still. But in order, but in order to speak Bible to it, you got to have Bible in you. You know, because what's in the well is coming up in the bucket. Out of the fullness of the heart, the mouth. Right? Uh, here, here's the deal. If you, uh, whatever you're full of, when life shakes you, when the storm hits, whatever you're full of, look at your neighbor and say, you're full of something. Okay? you got to get full of the word because whatever, whatever shakes you, when you're shaking, whatever, whatever you're full of, that's what's coming out. So in, or, in order to, to, to yeah, I mean, look at what these guys, you know, the storm, the storm starts shaking them and fear comes out. Jesus gets up, what comes out? It's a faith. Peace. And then I, I guarantee you, he went up to Peter and them guys, and he had his finger out, and he's poking them in the chest. He goes, why don't you have no faith? Sounds like Peter. Ow. <laughs> Big bad tattoo guy. Yeah, hook me. Why ain't you got no faith? The same day I taught you, I caught you. We start thinking wrong in a storm. We start thinking we're not going to make it. We start living like a loser instead of like a victor. It's not the storm. It's how you're handling it. Saul was a loser. David was a victor. They're both dealing with the same negative. Saul freaked. David just went and killed himself a giant. It's not the storm. It's how you handle the storm. It's not the negative. It's how you go through the negative. We're all dealing with negative. Storms are just part of getting there. We are not where we're going. Hello, somebody. We can't stay where we're at. Thank God we're not where we used to be. We're just trying to get there. Getting there ain't fun. Being there is fun. So how about we just get there? Look at somebody tell them, I'm crossing over. You know, you got you to gotta ask yourself, what kind of decisions do you make in a crisis? Are they faith-filled or are they, are they fear-filled? When, when the storm hits, do you, what do you think? Dude, we ought to write a book. Or do you go, dude, we're going under. This is going to be a great sermon illustration. Or whatever you do, don't tell anybody about that. You got to think about how you think when the storm hits. And because the way you think determines the way you step. See, a lot of people step right into fear. We're going to die. A lot of people step right into doubt. Why me? A lot of people step right into inferiority. I guess we're not good enough. Uh, I'll tell you why I'm dealing with this. I can't get, I can't get breakthrough in my healing because there's something I've done wrong in the past. I've sinned. We've all sinned. I mean, if, if sin was the gateway to sickness, everybody in the room would be in stage four or something. Hello? Come on, guys. Look, we stepped into... Into paralysis. 
The deer in the headlights. What's wrong with that guy? He lost his job. When? Two years ago. Two years ago? I don't know what to do. Get a job. Application. Apply yourself. Hello, somebody? Come on, toughen up, buttercup. You know, well, I just thought, you know, if I come to church, somebody would be nice to me. Wrong church. <laughs> I feel like Jesus. Jesus wasn't pushing Peter to feel better. He's pushing Peter to be better. A matter of fact, look, look at this next storm. They, there, there's more storms. Matthew 14. They got rid of the multitude again. Jesus had told the guys, get in the boat, go to the other side. He went up to the hill by himself to pray. wonder why he didn't take the other guys, because they didn't pray well. So he got by himself praying. When it was evening, he was still there alone, but the boat by this time was out on the sea, way out there, and, 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 and uh, it was being beaten and tossed by the waves. Ooh, another storm. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came to them walking on the sea. Get this, this got to freak you out a little bit. You're rowing hard, getting nowhere. Here comes some dude walking. He's going to pass you up. He's got Evan Root, or you got Evan Root. He's got Reebok, and he's going to beat you on a water race. Frustration. In your own, you ain't going to make it. And here comes Jesus walking on the water. Everybody freaks out. Jesus, by the way, is handling this storm different, isn't he? He talked to the last one. He's walking through this one. Disciples haven't changed at all. they just scared. They're just always scared. If it's really you, Lord, bid me to come. He looks at Peter. He says, come. Peter steps out of the boat. He starts walking on water. By the way, even when you do the right thing, how many of you know Peter's doing something right? He's walking on water. Still ain't nobody following him. They're all sitting in the boat telling him why he shouldn't have done that. Even when you do the right thing, there are some folks who won't follow. He's out there walking on the water. And, uh, you know, and read the story. It says the, 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 the waves begin to splash up. The winds, the winds go, and he starts thinking about the wind and the waves. Now, get this. He's walking on the water, but he has a thought. Just because you have a thought don't mean you need to follow it. He has this thought. Well, this ain't just water. This is windy water. So he can walk on water, but... I struggle with walking on windy water. And he starts to sink. And he cries out. He did not sink. He began to sink. Big difference. And he cries out immediately, and Jesus is there. And Jesus gets him back to the boat. How do you think he got him back to the boat? Think it was a piggyback ride? Think he, th think he said, come here, Petey. It's going to be okay. Let me stroke you a little bit. You're going to be all right. No, he walked him back to the boat. And, th and there's this, there's, uh, again, I wish I had more time. What you start with God, God's going to have you finish it. You might think you're sinking, but if you keep walking with God, you're going to make it back. But you're going to finish what you start. And he gets him back in the boat, and Jesus looks at him again. He's got his finger. Oh, he's tender. And he's poking him on the chest, and he's saying, Wherefore didst thou doubt? Oh, ye of little faith. We want to know what's crazy is the word little there. It's not puny in stature. It's puny in duration. In other words, he said, you had a short burst of faith. Oh, ye of the short moment of faith. Why'd you doubt? You know what the word doubt means? Second thought. 
Why'd you give it a second thought? You had, you had a burst of faith, but then you entertained a second thought. You started off right, but you started thinking wrong in the middle of the storm. The storm started making your decisions for you. Well, let, let me ask you, how many of you guys in the room today are letting the storm decide where you're going to go in life? You're letting the negative decide who you're going to be, what you're going to accomplish, who you're going to impact, how much money you're going to invest. You're letting the negatives decide. No, no, no. you got to let God decide. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, not by the storm. Come on now, I know I'm preaching good. Well, I guess if I'm not going to be nice to you, you don't have to be nice to me either. So, so okay. <laughs> you know what? There's another storm in Acts 27. Uh, and in that storm, you know, they end up losing the boat. They lose the cargo. They lose everything. And everybody's just grabbing on to stuff, floating to shore. Some storms you have to talk to. Some storms you have to walk through. Some storms you're just going to have to float through. But in every circumstance, the end result is better than your current condition. So you just don't want to, you just don't want to separate. You know, let me put it this way. If you get out of the boat, good on you. If you start to sink, if you've already separated yourself from the boat, you probably ought not separate from the guy who keeps you afloat. Hold on to Jesus. I had somebody ask me the other day, well, why why did they have to lose the boat? You know, why didn't God stop the storm? Don't know. Haven't got a clue. But I do know this, that if you cling to him, you're going to make it there. You're not where you're headed. You can't stay where you're at. You're not where you used to be. You're just trying to get there. Well, let's just get there. Crossing over ain't the good part. There's going to be storms. You're going to deal with face the storm. Don't act shocked. Don't try to pretend it ain't there. Face the storm, but do it God's way. Amen. So, so how am I going to do it? Well, you're going to think some God thoughts, right? I said you're going to think some God thoughts. You you go, you got to watch your you got to watch your mind. You can't just let anything take you off some weird trail. Guard your thoughts. In Deuteronomy 1, uh, there's a couple of scriptures. It says, break camp in advance. See, I've given you land. Go in and possess it. You know, you can't advance if you're not willing to break camp. Breaking camp is all about thinking new thoughts. You know, embrace it. You know, step at that thing that used to be your border. How about you cross it? You know, back in the day in the church I grew up in, man, you know, we had a camp. And if you crossed the line, they'd excommunicate you right on out to camp. You know, you don't do that. You don't say that. You don't go there. You don't do this thing. And listen, here's the deal. Sometimes we got to break camp in order to advance. If we're going to win the world, the world ought to be comfortable here, not us. Hello? You know, so, you know, you might look around the room and say, well, you know, man, I'm a little uncomfortable. Yeah, that's okay, because you're already walking with God. We're trying to reach people who are far from God. You got to break camp. You're going to have to think. If you're going to make it through a storm, you're going to have to think God thoughts, and then you're going to have to take God's steps. 
right? So you, you're going to, listen, listen to me. What time is it? Do you have a clue? Ooh, good. Okay. You got to hear God. That's the relational part. You got to hear God. You got to obey God. That's the scary part. Sometimes, you know what God's going to do? He's going to lead you right into a battle you couldn't possibly win. He's going to lead you right into a situation you couldn't possibly afford. He's going to lead you right into a problem you couldn't possibly solve. You go, I don't have wisdom for that. He's not counting on your wisdom. I don't have strength for that. He's not counting on your strength. He's counting on your obedience. So you got to hear God. you got to obey God. Then you got to trust God. But you got to stop trying to be God. You, you got you to hear him. You got to obey him. You got to trust him. Stop trying to be him. Take your hands off. Let God be God. Amen. So you got to take, you, you know, you got to think God thoughts. You got to take God's steps. You got to speak God word. I said you got to speak God word. Get filled with the word of God. Amen. Amen. Come on, give Jesus one more hand this morning. Father, we love you.